Keystone Education Radio is supported by the PSBA Insurance Trust. Inspired by your unique needs, the PSBA Insurance Trust offers quality and affordable insurance programs to PSBA member schools. Superior programs ensure your students, school directors, volunteers, and employees are covered in the case of an accident or event. Visit www.psbains.com for more information and contact trustinfo at psba.org for your free quote today. Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Gray. According to the U.S. Department of Health, children aged 6 through 17 need 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous active play every day to grow up to a healthy weight. On average, most 8 to 18-year-olds spend seven and a half hours each day in front of TV, computer, and phone screens, while only a third of high school students get the recommended levels of physical activity. Engaging in regular physical activity decreases the risk of developing hypertension, diabetes, and heart disease. In addition to the health benefits, schools that have incorporated additional physical activity into the school day have seen results in decreased health care costs as well as positive impacts to academic achievement. More schools are looking for ways to increase the opportunities and avenues for children to have access to sports and fitness programs that are challenging and keep them engaged, and that will ultimately help them perform better in school and live healthier lives for the long term. Today we're talking with Elizabethtown Area School District in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and we're joined by several members of Elizabethtown's school community. I'm going to ask each of you to introduce yourselves so listeners will know who they're hearing from, and welcome. So please go ahead, uh, Nate, with your introduction. Hi, my name is Nate Frank, and I'm the principal of Elizabethtown Area Middle School. Hello, my name is Linda Ahern, and I am the Director of Athletics and Extracurricular Activities at the school district. Uh, My name is Sean Hausbeck. I'm a 7th grade science teacher. I'm a ski club advisor here at the middle school, and also uh, an initial advisor to the uh, startup of the Mountain Bike Club. My name is Jason Thomas, and I am the head coach of the Mountain Bike Club. Thank you for joining us. Elizabethtown Area School District is one of the latest school districts to join the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Cycling League, the PICL, and they've introduced a mountain biking program at the middle and high school levels. So I'll start by asking, why mountain biking? What sparked your interest there? I think it really stemmed from um, trying to get more students involved, uh, students that may not normally be um, willing to uh, sign up for traditional sports. Uh, like wrestling or football or baseball. So really our initial goal was to try to get more kids involved um, in extracurricular activities. And we had already had um, a successful um, ski club program at the middle and high school um, levels. So we thought this would be a really good place to start and kind of build off ski club. Um, One of the key ingredients was a person that was willing to get started with mountain biking, and and he was an accomplished mountain biker himself, so we thought this would be a good transition to go from ski club and then introduce mountain biking. Now, Jason, what made you want to start a mountain biking club in Elizabethtown Area School District? So I've been a cyclist for basically the past 25 years, since I was about 14, Uh, you know, and I've been connected to the cycling community in the area for a long time, and 
I had heard that you know some of the some of my friends or acquaintances were looking to start a basically a chapter of the National Interscholastic Cycling Association, that's called NICA, um, in Pennsylvania. So, you know, NICA is basically the governing body for interscholastic cycling. Um, they basically started in 2009 out in California, and they've been um, starting high school mountain biking leagues across the country since then. So about three years ago, probably about four years ago, I had heard that there were a group of people looking to start this up in Pennsylvania. Uh, at that time, I had a, a seventh grader and an eighth grader, and I thought, you know, this would be a, a great way to introduce the sport to them in a, you know, structured and social environment uh, where they could do it with their peers and where they could actually, you know, ride and represent their school. You know, I, it would have been great if I would have had an opportunity like that when I was in middle school and high school. So, uh when I heard about it, I thought, you know, this is my opportunity to get involved um, at the grassroots and, and help make sure this really happens. I was just afraid that if I didn't get involved and it never materialized, uh, I would have felt like there was a missed opportunity. So when I heard about it, I got involved, you know, right at the grassroots level and, and helped to make sure that this actually materialized in Pennsylvania. Um, so I was involved basically at the, at the state level, and then, you know, I created the you know, one of the first teams in the state in Elizabethtown um, back in 2016. Great. Well, it sounds like a fantastic program. And why did you opt for mountain biking as opposed to road biking? The national organization, so it's called NICA, National Interscholastic Cycling Association, um, it just promotes mountain biking okay. um, for, for lots of different reasons, you know, risk management, and logistics being a, you know a big part of that, um, so there wasn't a, a road cycling option. I think uh, although mountain biking is dangerous, I think there's a, a whole another element of danger when you put uh, you know uh, teenagers uh, on uh, the roads in Lancaster County. Um, it's pretty busy, uh, so we thought uh, getting uh, to the single track out in the uh, out in nature would probably be the safest route for those for those kids. And I'm actually more of a, a road cyclist, um, but you know, I, I've also done a good bit of mountain biking over the years. So uh, I was just excited for any opportunity to introduce cycling um, to, uh, you know, to, to, to school, school-age kids. Okay. And so you've brought up safety, which I was going to ask about. Let's talk about that end of it. Are there specific safety concerns that you had as you introduced the program? Um, I think really the, the biggest one is just to make sure that the kids were safe at all times. So I think uh, having them on a trail with a helmet on, um, that was the main concern. Um, and I think there were some initial concerns about how the, the district would um, approach the safety aspect. Um, but I think just knowing that they were, were going to be not out on the road in, in a confined area on a single track with a helmet with responsible adults made them feel much more comfortable and approving this club. How about at the student level? How did you engage the students initially when you introduced the program and and what was the interest level when you did? I think initially uh, when Jason and I sat down we, we kind of had a conversation about um, you know what kind of numbers are we looking at here and we were hoping maybe to get you know eight to twelve uh, individuals um, and that was kind of our goal initially and so we set up a couple parent meetings, um, 
you know, put some flyers out, put some announcements uh, on the intercom here, both in the middle school and the high school. Um, and then from there, um, you know, with kids just having a, you know, just a love for riding a bike, you know, they, they picked up on that and say, hey, this is a way I can get involved, um, not having to put, you know, a helmet on or, you know, a uniform, um, the traditional uniform. I can go out and ride my bike and be part of something really, really great. And, um, and it just blossomed from there. I think now, I mean, there are well over 30 members, and it, it's, it's almost becoming problematic in the sense that there's a lot of kids that need to be managed um, by a small number of adults. So now Jason's challenge is really not getting students necessarily. It's getting um, qualified individuals to help assist uh, coaching them. So it's a good problem to have. But it's, it's really blossomed. At, at the high school, we actually have our student council. Um, they actually put on an activities fair for all of our clubs, extracurricular clubs, not, not sports, but all the extracurricular activities. Um, and they do that sort of the end of September where the kids can, we bring them in by the grade level into the gym area, and they can walk around to the different booths and see what the clubs do. And I think that's helped generate some interest as well at the secondary level. Great. So as you worked to get the program off the ground, was there any particular hurdles um, in doing that? And if so, how did you address those? You know, we really had a great experience in Elizabethtown. Um, you know, when, we, when we started the team, you know, there were two options, and there, there still are two options. You can basically have a school district affiliated team or a composite team. Um, where you basically can take kids from multiple districts and you don't have to have a school district affiliation. Uh, long term, the league really wants all the teams to be district affiliated, but there's a recognition that um, you know, not every school district might be as open to the idea. So that's why the league gives two options. Uh, but, you know, I, I was involved from the ground up and I knew that, you know, long term, we wanted to be school district based. So I decided to, you know, reach out to folks in the school district. It helps that I had, you know, school-age kids. Um, but, you know, I planted the seed with Sean Hausnecht, who was, was one of my kids' teachers. He ran the ski club, so I thought that would be a logical connection. He basically asked me if I would be willing to kind of be the district representative uh, to kind of, uh, you know, sit with administration, almost be a, a liaison between him and administration. And I said, yeah, I'd be more than happy to do that, um, you know, again, to get that additional opportunity for our kids. And um, I took it to our administration. They liked the idea. And really, it was a seamless process from the day we introduced it to administration to the day all the approvals were given. And it really grew from there. And we really didn't have any hurdles. And, you know, we've really been a great success story for how, you know, an outsider, right, because I'm not employed by the district, but an outsider can, can work with the district uh, to stand something like this up. That's great. So you do all of this on a volunteer basis then? Correct, yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of time, but it's, it's well worth it. And we have you know, lots of other, other coaches and helpers that are also volunteering to run the team. That's great, and that kind of leads into: um, Did you and were you able to involve the community? How were you able to bring in the community or utilize them as resources? Sure. So our first year in 2016, um, you know, we were we were kind of coming out of the gate in the spring. 
thinking, you know, maybe we could have between five and 10 kids for the first, you know, season, which started in the fall of 2016. You know, so we did some advertising in the schools and, you know, I had my kids selling it word of mouth. Uh, and, you know, we ended up with 25 kids. So I was hoping for between five and 10, we got 25. Um, we went out to the, to the community and asked for sponsorship. And, you know, we were able to raise between two and $3,000 in sponsorship that was used to, you know, help offset the cost of jerseys, help offset some race entry fees, buy a bunch of equipment for the team. Um, we found a, a local bike shop to sponsor the team. And then, you know, we also were able to recruit coaches um, to, to help kind of manage the team. You know, one of the, the great and very unique things about this sport uh, and, and how these teams are run at the, at the school level is that parents can actually participate with their kids. Uh, so, you know, in, in most sports, the coach stands at the sideline and coaches, uh, you know, the parents sit behind the fence and cheer. Um, with, with high school mountain biking, if a parent wants to help coach, you know, they have to go through a whole background check process. But, you know, once they're cleared to help coach, they can actually participate with their kid. Great. So, you know, we've had, we had one coach who lost like 60 pounds just oh, by, wow. you know, by, by helping out and, and learning to ride and, and riding with the team. Um, and we have other, other stories like that where, you know, the parents are enjoying it just as much as the kids are. Um, Linda, I'll direct this question to you. Uh, I, you. You all set this up by saying this was part of looking for alternative athletic programs. Is there any other alternative athletics that, you're, that you have considered or that were part of the consideration as you um, introduced this new cycling program? Well, I, took, I was new. This is only my fifth year as the athletic director. So when Sean and Nate um, you know, presented this, that was a no-brainer as far as an extracurricular activity. Um, I like to see the kids get involved. I don't think, I think it's unique. Um, I, I, I hadn't been involved in approving or trying to get the approval for another type of club like that. Um, so I think, you know, Nate sold it and uh, Sean sold it to Nate, Nate sold it to me, and upstairs they were, you know, they were sold on the idea too. And then, you know, it kind of blossomed into the district actually providing a, I want to say a practice trail in the back of our school for the club. Um, you know, we hadn't done that before, you know, for that type of an outside activity, um, you know, that I can remember, but so it kind of just went from there. Tell me how did that develop? Is that a unique trail? What Describe what that's like. It's unique in the sense that, like, the club uh, has its own practice facility, per se, right on school grounds. Um, and it was very unique that the district allowed that to happen um, on school grounds. And it's, uh, it's a very, very basic trail, uh, just a, a single track, not very difficult um, at all. Um, so it really caters to you know, the introductory riders. Um, it's not going to scare any kids away when they show up to the first practice and they see rock piles and logs. Um, but it's, a, it's just a good, um, you know, training uh, area for, you know, all levels of riders. You can kind of really make what you want to make a, of the course. And it's very short, um, probably only a mile total in length, but you, know, you can do a number of laps. Uh, you can 
um, you know, locate certain areas that might have some, some different skills that need to be worked on. Um, so I think it's just a, you need to have that um, on school grounds and not having to travel elsewhere. You know, we're fortunate enough to have the fairgrounds in Elizabethtown that's owned by the school district. So our first year, you know, we practice at the fairgrounds. Uh, you can actually teach mountain biking skills with flags and cones in an open field. Um, so we did that our first year, and, and then we would, on the weekends, go and ride, you know, in local trail networks like uh, Mount Gretna or Swatera State Park. But then in the winter between our our first and second year, since so it would be the winter of 2017, we approached the school district about building some trail on the district property. And, you know, we we are not trail building experts, and we recognize that, you know, the school and the, the facilities and grounds people would probably have concerns and questions about environmental impacts and, and runoff and stormwater management, all that stuff. So we approached um, our local chapter of the um, International Mountain Biking Association. It's called IMBA. Um, so our local chapter is the Susquehanna Area Mountain Bike Association, and they are a group of volunteers that maintain a lot of the local mountain bike trail networks. So, you know, they maintain Swatera State Park. They maintain trails up, uh, up, up north of Halifax. Called Rattling Creek and a bunch of other places. So they are experts in sustainable trail building. So we went to them and basically said, "Hey, um, we want to approach the school district about building, you know, a mile of trail on a district property. They're going to have questions about environmental impact. Can you partner with us? Can you basically be consultants? We don't need you to do the work. We can supply the manpower. Um, we just need some expertise and, and, you know, for you to be able to, to answer questions." So they agreed. And we basically wrote up a proposal and, you know, put a map together and talked about, you know, the advantages of having the trail on the property and how it could be done in an an environmentally sustainable way. Uh, And we basically sent it to the administration. Um, You know, we had a lot of great support from Nate Frank, who uh, was the principal at the middle school, we had great support from Dr. Balliet, who's the superintendent, um, and the, you know the business manager at the school supported it, the grounds people supported it. So there were a lot of questions, but you know, we were able to work all that out with the administration, and they uh, facilitated the process to, to go in front of the school board to propose it. Um, and we you know, put, the pro- put the proposal in front of the school board, they asked questions, we answered the questions, we had uh, the, the Susquehanna Area Mountain Bike Association there to answer questions about sustainable trail building. And at the end of the day, they approved it. That's great. So you started, you said, with 25 kids uh, at the onset. And where are you at today? What's the headcount today? So this, this year we have 40 riders. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a co-ed team, so it's 40 um, boys and girls. And what are the, what's the age range of the kids it's uh, middle school and high school, so we have 6th through 12th grade. Okay. How's that work as far as team spirit? You have, you know, some older kids, some younger kids. Describe what that's like. Um, I really think, you know, the older kids, you know, have a little bit more experience, uh, you know, with single track riding, and um, I think they really take the younger kids under their wing. Um, 
because a lot of those kids are kids that, you know, may not necessarily be involved in the, uh, the teams, traditional team sports um, or even um, just the traditional sports in general. So I think they kind of gravitate to one another, uh, you know, to uh, something that they can all excel at. Um, and, I, and I think it's a real good thing, you know, for those older kids to, you know, take those younger kids under their wing and they definitely support one another. There's really not a lot of separation. You know, it, they kind of approach it as a team sport. And, and I think, you know, it, it, it's not a – it's still a competitive club because they do a number of races, um, but it, it, it's serious business. They, 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 have, they have set practices. Um, it's not just kind of show up, you know, whenever you want or, hey, we're going to try to ride this week. I mean, they have set riding times, and they go out and practice. They work on fundamental skills. So it's not just a bunch of kids going out and, you know, riding a, a trail. I mean, there are instructional sessions, skill sessions, and general rides that are just well organized. So the program is really just as regimented as any other, what you'd maybe call some of the more traditional or common athletic programs, football, baseball. It's just as regimented with practices and scheduled times. Would you say that's true? The time commitment probably not is not as much, but um, because they might only practice two days a week as opposed to traditional sports teams that would practice probably every day. Um, and they're okay. limited to four or five races, you know, compared to other traditional programs. But, I mean, for an extracurricular club, it's, it's pretty regimented, yeah. So you talked about the health benefits that the one, I believe you said it was a coach or one of the adults, um, had experienced. So talk a little bit about the students. What are some of the changes you've seen in the students, if any, or benefits that you've, you know, that you've seen or observed? Talk a little bit about that. It's great because we really take, you know, we take every student. We don't have cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have kids that are on the autism spectrum. You know, we have kids with ADD or ADHD. Um, and, you know, it's there's actually research that shows that a lot of those kids benefit from endurance sports, um, from the, the exertion and the, you know, the, the types of concentration required for endurance sports. So, you know, there, there's a benefit for those kids. Um, you know, I, I think that the kids just really enjoy seeing progression over the course of the season. So our season starts July 1st and runs through the end of October. You know, for a lot of kids on July 1st, if they're new, you know, they're really starting a, a low fitness level and they don't have any skills. Mm-hmm. So over the course of the season, you know, they're learning all the core skills. They're participating in trail rides. So, you know, we have kids that in the beginning of the summer can't ride for 10 minutes without stopping. You know, they're doing 12 or 13 mile trail rides by the end of the summer. So there's a lot of pride and sense of accomplishment and, and a lot of confidence that we see gained over the course of the season. And we've gotten that type of feedback from parents that, you know, one of the things that they like the most about, you know, how the club impacts their child is just the the gain in confidence. You know, they're part of a team. There's no judgment. You know, the the sixth graders are on the same team as a senior. So the seniors get to, you know, be role models and be leaders. And, you know, it's, there's, a, there's something cool about being a sixth grader and having a friend, sure. quote, unquote, friend, you know, right. who's a junior or a senior in high school. And, and those younger kids especially really get a lot of confidence from this. 
I can't really attest to the, the fitness level, but one thing that stood out to me would be students I had in class that I knew were not athletic kids. Um, you know, when I did like an interest inventory at the beginning of the year, they were not really interested in uh, football or baseball or the traditional sports. And then they show up in my class with a mountain biking team jersey on. It was really, really cool to see. Uh, kids that just were normally wouldn't have been involved in anything, just getting involved in something. So that was really, really cool to see. It definitely helps with school pride to see the boys and girls in their jerseys. Uh, they're beautiful jerseys, and they wear them with pride uh, before their matches. Um, so, so it's great seeing the kids. They take a lot of pride, and we as a district take a lot of pride in what they're doing because they are achieving success. They're being you know, identified and having articles about them in the paper. So we're very proud of the, the students and, and their coaches. Sure, absolutely. And so how do the students join? You said there's, you know, everyone makes it in, nobody's cut. How do they go about joining? You know, d different teams across the state handle this different ways. Um, the way we've chosen to manage this on our team is you know we opened the team up for signups in march so in the spring you know and the, the season starts july 1st the race season is in the fall um, but we open it up in march and then we you know the team is open for signups through the end of may and we basically close registration at the end of may and that gives us about a month to plan out the logistics for running practices and how to split up the teams and then we start on July 1st. Um, so we basically take anybody who's interested um, and, and signs up between beginning of March and the end of May. Uh, there's $100 dues that they pay, and the dues basically covers um, registration to the Pennsylvania League. It covers insurance and some other incidentals. So with the growth that you've seen just in a couple of years, what are the plans for the future? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great problem to have. Um, obviously, we're filling a void. Um, I don't think we'd see this type of growth um, if there wasn't a need for an alternative to the, the normal stick and, stick and ball sports. And one of the things that, that we offer that, that not many other high school sports offer is everybody participates. You know, nobody, nobody sits the benches is one of the slogans. Um, so, you know, that, that's something that, that we really pride ourselves in and is, is a bit unique to us. So moving forward, you know, I expect the, the team to continue to grow. And I just think that, you know, our goal is to make sure that we can logistically support a larger team. You know, right now we have middle school and high school riders. At some point we might get big enough that we have to split into two teams. So we just have to have the infrastructure in place to support that. You know, it's very conceivable that at some point in the future, you know, we're bigger than the football team. So we just, you know, we need to be set up to, to support that. Now, if other school districts are listening and hearing about this, what advice would you have for them if they are looking to add a mountain biking program to their district's activities? Yeah, absolutely. The, the first thing you need is a coach. Uh, you, need, you need somebody that will, and I, you know, I'm laughing because th this is the biggest growth hurdle for the sport in the state. You know, there are a lot of kids in other districts that want to participate. 
that reach out to us and, and want to participate and we can't open it to them because they're not in our school district. Um, there are other, you know, bike shops that are interested in having teams like this in the community, but the hurdle is, you know, a parent to step up and coach. So if a, you know, a district is interested in starting this, that's their first task. And, you know, the, the team and the schedule is what the coach wants it to be. You know, the, the national organization basically says you can't practice more than four days a week, um, but you don't have to practice four days a week. Um, there are some teams that basically practice one day a week. So it's really up to the, um, you know, the, the level of commitment or the time that a coach has to offer. But once you have a coach, you know, someone who's willing to manage the team, there, there won't be any problem getting kids to participate, at least not in my experience or the experience of other coaches that I've talked to across the state. And then with the parents, or sorry, with the kids, you get parents, and that becomes your support network. So once you find that head coach, the rest will fall into place, and the, the state league offers a lot of resources to help um, teams start. There's other coaches from other established teams that can act as mentors to new coaches, uh, you know, to kind of show them the way. Sean had mentioned earlier that there weren't really a whole lot of hurdles um, getting through with the club. One of the reasons that exists is because he and Jason did such a fabulous job of communication. Um, obviously, we had the, the dedication of Jason to, to get this idea floated. Um, but Sean, when he presented it, he presented it with, okay, this is, you know, what makes this club unique. This is how we would make it work. Um, and he brought it to me, who's the building principal here, um, just to get it started. And that gave me a chance to think, wait, what a great opportunity um, to get something else involved for our kids. So at that point, it worked its way up through uh, Linda with our director of athletics and through our upper administration. And throughout the whole process, Sean and Jason were patient. Um, but they provided any information that was needed to make everyone feel at ease with making this happen. And the same thing happened when we went with the bike trail. You know, they started, you know, small saying, do you think this could happen? Um, you know, and we worked our way up, you know, into, you know, the, the business manager and looking at insurance and, and, and dealing with, you know, buildings and grounds and, and building the course. Um, and something we haven't mentioned is, you know, as far as the fundraising that they do, um, again, Sean, the way he worked through it, started with sort of as a middle school, um, you know, part of our middle school budget, and we went into the fact where then it can have its own separate account um, and work through because it, there is, there are donations, you know, there is a lot of, uh, you know, money coming in to, to help support the club. So he and Jason have worked so well with communication, um, and, you know, Linda and others have been so supportive that really it has been very smooth, but it's taken a lot of work to make sure that's happened. Great. So if there are PSBA member school directors or administrators that would like to connect with you to sort of glean some insight from you or use you as a resource, is there contact information where they could reach you? Yeah, I mean, per personally, you know, they can check out the Elizabethtown team's website, which is etownmtb, mtb as in mountain bike, um, etownmtb.com. Um, you know, my contact information is there under contact us. Um, they can also look at, or they also should look at 
the league at the state level, um, the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Cycling League. And that website is pamtb.org. And there are a lot of resources on that site about, you know, what it takes to start a team, other teams across the state, you know, the, the schedule season by season, things like that. Thank you, Nate, Sean, Linda, and Jason. Perhaps there is another Pennsylvania school district listening and thinking that a mountain biking program would benefit their district students. If so, we encourage you to reach out to the Elizabethtown Area School District for information. See our website, keyedradio.org, for resources and links mentioned in the program. This is Annette Gray saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.